Archbishop. Good to be with you again. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Here at the beginning of uh, here at the beginning of the new year, uh, we uh, in the the church in the U.S. Uh, are marking National Migration Week. It runs from January fifth through eleventh, and this will be dropping right around that time. And this is one of those opportunities for, as the U.S. bishops call it, uh, for us as a church to reflect on the circumstances confronting our brothers and sisters who are immigrants, uh, who are refugees, who are children and women who are uh, fleeing human trafficking or who have been uh, subject to those circumstances. So it's a, it's a wide range of circumstances we're talking about. So that's National Migration Week. It's an annual occasion, an annual observance. Why do you think this is important for us to, to look at, Archbishop? The questions surrounding immigration uh, can be um, pretty hotly charged politically. So there are certainly political angles to it. The bishops would like us all to remember, though, that we're talking about the lives of our brothers and sisters in the human family, and that the, uh, the, the challenges facing anyone who, uh, for a really good reason, might leave his or her native home uh, to, to come somewhere else, that, that those are, are significant human challenges. And the challenge of, of settling and becoming acclimated in a, in a new home, even under the best circumstances, can really be daunting. This is a, a, an issue that's affecting millions of people around the world, and certainly millions of people that, that have been coming to our own country for, for various reasons. Pope Francis keeps reminding us that each of these um, persons who is a, an immigrant or a refugee who has traveled from another place looking uh, to try to find a home here, each of those persons has a name and a face and a, and a story. Our first responsibility as uh, members of the body of Christ and as disciples of, of Jesus is not to think about them in political terms, but uh, in human and in, in gospel terms. So as you said, for many decades now, uh, because uh, we are a nation of immigrants and, and have been throughout our history, the church in, in this country is, is invited to, to reflect on the, the present situation of, of immigrants and, and refugees here. Also then to uh, think about how we might work together for uh, a just uh, path forward for them in, in their desire to have a safe and, and productive life for themselves and for their families. Obviously, there's a challenge there to not think in strictly in the political categories or according to maybe the latest rhetoric that is where, where sometimes where these conversations begin and end or the conversations never start. But the church offers us some, some principles to, to look at in trying to understand what the rights are of, of the persons in, involved uh, in moving from place to place and resettling. And then also in how we held that intention also with the rights of nations to secure borders and, and have stable societies. So just briefly, can you help us to, to kind of understand what, what that tension looks like? How, how does one hold, hold these things together? Yeah. So another way of saying what you're saying is it's complicated. Yeah. Right. And, and I think w we can just accept that, but we're not stupid and um, we have time and uh, prayer and reflection. We can put a lot of good minds and hearts together and, and think about how to approach what seems sometimes to be, as you're describing them, competing goods on the part of the people who are living in a host country, us here in the United States, for example, and those who might want to come here for, for an important uh, reason. And as I said earlier, there's, there are political aspects to this, and, and we need to be diligent and forthright in dealing with those, which I don't think we have been particularly recently in, mm. in, in our country, which is part of the reason why it's maybe more complicated now than, than it has to be. 
uh, one of the first principles that, that we uh, understand in our Catholic faith, we find it in the catechism, is that uh, people have, have the right uh, to, to migrate if they have an important uh, reason to, to do so for their own welfare or more often for the, the welfare and the safety of their children and, and, and their families. Kind of paired with that, you know, that, that goes along with, with sort of what makes this complicated or that there's sort of two sides to it, is that we, we also say people have a right not to have to migrate. Yeah. That people, everyone has a right to, to be able to live at peace in their own home, in, in their own homeland. The fact that that right is being violated and that, that the experience of being able to live peacefully, safely, productively in, in, in one's own home isn't the experience of, of, of many people who find that their lives or their homes are, are in danger. And the situation is so desperate that they have no choice, they conclude, other than to, than to leave. That's um, a challenge that, again, in the, in the human family and in the family of nations, we, we need to take more note of, and we can't be responsible for everybody in, in every place. But we do realize that at this point in history, many of our brothers and sisters are, are desperately trying to escape their own home and, and find the ability to live in, in safety and security some, someplace else. We know from the instruction of Jesus that, that we are to treat others as we like to be treated. A way of, of approaching that is to think, if, if I were uh, driven from my own home, mm. if I were so desperate, either because of religious persecution or because of warfare or gang activities or something, if my, uh, and, and even worse, if I felt that my family, my children were in danger and that we had no uh, hope of being able to live in, in safety and, and peace where we were, that we, we were, we were going to go someplace else mm -hmm. and, and try to find uh, that, that safe place. So if I were in that situation, what would I hope to find in, in, in that new place? What would be sort of my basic hope of what might be possible for, for me and, and my family, knowing that I can't go back? So I think that we don't do that often enough, naturally. We tend to kind of look at things from our perspective. Well, here we are. Uh, people are coming to our country. What do we expect from them? What mm -hmm. do we want them to do or to measure up to, that's not unreasonable to, to think that. But the, the invitation of Jesus is to first think about them, put ourselves in their, in their shoes, and, and then see if there isn't a way to begin to create the legal system, the, the structures, the social supports, so that the immigrants, refugees, can be treated in the way that I would hope to be treated if I were, were in their situation. It's not enough to say, well, I would never be in their situation. I just think they probably not too many years ago, thought the same thing about themselves right. that are never imagined that, that they would have to go. Not all immigrants, of course, are in a desperate situation. Some come looking for education. Uh, some come looking for work. Some are marrying into families who, who are living in an established here. So there are many reasons why, why people might, might come. But we are not, again, in our, in our Catholic faith, encouraged to be suspicious of or standoffish from people who are different from, from ourselves. Quite the opposite, you know, the scriptures encourage hospitality and a ready sharing of, of what we have, all of which comes from God in the first place. We try to recognize God's other children who may be newly arrived in our, in our country, in our state, in, in our city, and uh, think about how, how we might show the kind of hospitality to them that, that we would really want to experience ourselves. So I guess that naturally raises the, the question then for us, for us in, in the church, 
what can we do to respond to the situation of people, as, who, as you described, who are coming here, who are looking for that new life or that new start or just safety? How can we respond? I see many people responding, uh, welcoming uh, refugee families and helping them get settled and befriending them and their children get acquainted and adults get acquainted too and, and they begin to develop bonds of friendship or at least neighborly, neighborliness. So th those are extraordinary circumstances, but, they're, but ordinary people can, can be involved in, in, in those efforts, sometimes individually, sometimes, sometimes corporately. See that uh, in our uh, Catholic community, you know, we have many parishes who who ha have a new vitality in recent years because of immigrants or, and refugees who, who who have arrived here. We try then as a as an archdiocesan family uh, to pro provide the uh, the welcome and the, the sort of the normal uh, sacramental life and community life that that parishes can make possible for uh, for for, uh, for people. We do have the responsibility, as we do with other, uh, in other issues that involve laws and government regulations and, and so forth, to uh, educate ourselves on the principles of the gospel and, and then try to be active, having an influence on those in uh, government who make the regulations and the laws that guide how immigrants can, can come into the country, how they can be employed, how they can be educated, and ultimately become contributing members of, of the society and, and not as is the case often now, be in kind of a permanent state of, of being outsiders, even though their feet are on the ground here, but in terms of their legal status and cultural status, maybe not, uh, not feel welcome. I think this is a, also a good opportunity to highlight some of the, the works of the, the local church, or particularly the immigration legal services that uh, Catholic Charities offers to, uh, to people who are seeking help with uh, naturalization or yeah, whatever their status might be. I was doing a little bit of research, and they, uh, they were sharing a statistic that uh, 7% of Nebraska residents are, are immigrants. The Catholic Charities uh, provides uh, legal consultation. They, they help uh, clients through the whole process. So they accompany them. The specialists that they have there are accredited under the Department of Justice. So when people look askance at, at those sorts of efforts, they can say, well, the church just wants to encourage illegal immigration or something, something like that, you know, some sort of canard. I hear those occasionally. There's a very clear path, you know, that, that, that respects the rule of law and also is, that respects the person who's in need. Right. The church doesn't want to encourage anything illegal. Right. But as you're saying, the legal path can be complicated or obscure. I think most people who are listening wouldn't know exactly what it is right off, off the bat. That's why I'm very proud of the work of Catholic Charities here. It, it happens in other places too, you know, sponsored by the church or, or other agencies. We have experts who, who can help uh, folks who are trying to do things legally and, and trying to follow a, a legal path to um, be able to do that and to, to navigate it and to, to dot all the I's and cross the T's and, and so forth so that they can do, do what's asked of them. So that's a very uh, important service that, that, that's offered. It's, uh, we probably don't have enough help to offer. And, and frankly, my opinion, the, the path forward isn't wide enough to really accommodate all the people who could, who have already shown that, that uh, they're here peacefully and, and productively and would like a, a, a legal path uh, forward in a reasonable am amount of time. Our country has done this for many generations, you know, since, since its founding. Right now, it's, uh, it's complicated. Uh, and I don't think it needs to be so complicated. We try to help 
folks through the complications to, to uh, uh, get to to where they need to be, you know, legally, and so that again, they can live here peacefully and, and, and productively. But at the same time, we need to try to have an influence on the reform of the of the immigration system so that it's coherent and that it does accommodate the the reality of of the folks who are who are already living here and and contributing to our our church and our neighborhoods, to our economy, and really to the to the vitality of our communities and in our country. So you, you recently actually met with a group of women religious who are committed to uh, some kind of advocacy for those who have, have immigrated. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, I'm grateful to the sisters here in Omaha. There, there are others like them, uh, thank God, in many communities uh, across the country who have really, uh, uh, after prayer and, and, and frankly, many of them working with immigrant families and communities over many years, decided to make an effort to draw to the attention of the rest of us the um, situation of our immigrant and refugee brothers and sisters here. So they're doing some public manifestations, you know, just to try to draw our attention to the need to, to pray for and to notice those who are new in, in our community and, and then to become involved in the lives of folks in the immigrant community in, in, in various ways so that we get to know each other and then grow in, in respect and, and care for each other. You mentioned awareness and, and this advocacy that many are doing, often hidden work. You know, that there are a number of people who are aware of, who follow Catholic Charities, but we'd, we'd also like to point, you know, like we said, we pointed that out before because many may not be aware that there is this, this kind of qualified uh, professional accompaniment through what is a, often arcane process. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, what is the point of this? National Migration Week and, and what we're being invited to is a conversion. You know, as a sort of spoiler alert, uh, later in the year, we're going to be talking about the 25th anniversary of Evangelium Vitae, which is a seminal document from an encyclical from John Paul II about the dignity of the human person. It's the same call to conversion that I think we're facing right here. I mean, is that, that's, that's what's urgent for us now, mm -hmm. I would think. It is. It's a, the basic principle of our, of our Catholic teaching is that uh, each person is created in the image and likeness of God and has a dignity that's, that's God-given. And that dignity has a claim on me, my neighbor's life and, and dignity. I don't, can't live somebody else's life. But to the extent that someone is um, struggling, looking for assistance, looking for welcome, looking for recognition uh, of their humanity, uh, of their desire to, to live and to flourish, I am called uh, to, to a deeper conversion. Our own culture can be very isolating, and so we get in, into our own little world and into our own groups and on social media or wherever it is, you know, we're kind of in our spot and don't necessarily notice people not too far from us who are in some kind of need and, and perhaps just a need so basic as to, to be welcome and to, to feel that if, if they're coming here looking for a home, that this can be their home, that we not only will allow that, but welcome it and believe that there, that there will be an enrichment for them, but also, also for, for us. Our other efforts to promote human life and dignity ring hollow. If there is a whole area of, of the community that is being ignored or denigrated in, in, in some way. As we said earlier, you know, we, we need to create a coherent legal system in, in regard to immigration mm -hmm. so that it's possible uh, for, for our country to continue to grow and be enriched by the, by the lives and, and the coming of, of immigrants and for them to, to be able to understand how that can be, can be possible uh, for them. We're, we're not at that place right now. And, and to simply say because it's complicated, we just everybody just get out is not 
a, a gospel response. Not to mention that it isn't isn't practical and it's not going to happen. Right. But I think always the, the, the invitation of the Lord is to, to conversion to a deeper experience of his love for us and then of the commission that he, that he gives to us to, to love our neighbor and to do that in, in practical ways. It's very clear in, at the end of St. Matthew's Gospel as he gives some practical points about what sort of the entree to salvation for us, that welcoming the stranger is not negotiable. It's one of the things on which we, we will be judged. And it, it's not enough, as I think we said in a previous conversation, to simply say, well, you know, I'm not doing anything against them, uh, against someone. I, you know, I'm not speaking in racial slurs or, or you know, out to get anybody. Uh, that, that isn't enough. The, the welcoming is an active Christian practice. We, right. we yeah. might say that Positive, that, that involves yeah. a, a, a relational <laughs> component, not necessarily. As we reflected here in the archdiocese about... Uh, the vision uh, for our archdiocesan church going going forward, we discern very clearly that in the Lord's desire and His plan, there's only one church, and that's a very rich concept in in Christianity. Uh, it doesn't mean everybody marching in lockstep and everybody looking or acting or are speaking alike. It's not the same thing as, as uniformity, but it does require more of us if we really want to be part of that church and if we want to sort of en- en- enrich it by our own participation in our own choices, that we don't just live past each other, but that we do notice our brothers and sisters, uh, those who, are, who look like us and, and those who look different, uh, those whose culture is the same, those whose culture is different. We certainly appreciate and celebrate our own culture, our own experience, our own past and present realities, but then realize that that's not the extent of the human experience, certainly, but it's not the extent of, of, of the church. So the National Migration Week is a call for us really to be converted within the, the community of the, of, of the church. So we can start here. You know, we can't necessarily shape the whole country and we right. can't shape the whole family of nations around the world. But, but we can uh, say yes to the, the Lord's own will that we be one in, in him. And that that unity has a practical claim on our presence, our attention uh, to, to each other. Wonderful. Archbishop, thank you for, for that witness and for calling us to this examination. This is a good time for resolutions, being at the beginning of the year anyway. I'll be sure to add in the notes to this podcast some of the resources we, we talked about, some links to the, to the good work that's going on and uh, ways people can, can participate, even with your prayers, uh, your prayers, your material, hopefully in some way that you, you can help build up, build up this church, this one church here in Northeast Nebraska. Thank you, Archbishop, for the time again. God bless those of you listening. Yes, God bless you all. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, a podcast of the Archdiocese of Omaha. For more information, visit archomaha.org slash podcast. Podcast.